0: Morning. Let's have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Already, we know that your mercy does endure forever. Even if it's new every morning. We thank you that we've enjoyed many, many Sundays together in worship and fellowship and the bond, Christian unity and bond in the Holy Spirit. Would you work in us now? Help us. Our desire is to grow and to um, move into a deeper fellowship with You. We sing and believe, oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Help us to love Him. We pray in His name. Amen. Please turn to Acts chapter 5. Book of Acts 5. continue on. Last time, if you remember, we read about a piece of property which was sold. This is the second specific piece of property that we've been told about. If you remember, Barnabas had sold a field at the end of chapter 4. It's our first introduction to Barnabas, the son of encouragement. And he had a field that belonged to him, and he sold it. And the scripture says he laid the money at the apostles' feet. Voluntarily, free will offering. He wanted to do it. And then in chapter 5 at the beginning we hear about another piece of property that was sold. Ananias and Sapphira they sold a field and they gave some of the money to the church but not all. They seemed to see Barnabas sell his field and they wanted to be to appear very generous like he was and we discussed this last time the the sin is not that they didn't give all the money that's not the sin the sin is and we discussed this there must have been a vow made on their part that they were going to sell it and give all of it and they devoted it to the lord but when carmtain When time came to give all the money, they decided to take some of it back. And if you remember, we discussed that. Things that are devoted to God and then taken back causes God's anger to burn. And also, listen, a word of caution, which we talked about last time. Because this couple abused, listen, abused the practice of sharing that had um, sprung forth in the church, it doesn't mean that the church was wrong in their actions of chapter 4. Selling their fields, considering nothing as their own, just giving freely. In fact, what they were doing was brought about by Christian fellowship and unity what they were doing was with great power from God we are told and the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of Jesus the, all this sharing it it commended it commended the church to others they're like wow see how they love each other and Barnabas was not commanded to sell the field and the apostles did not command Ananias and Sapphira to sell their field. Barnabas, it seems, he sold it and moved by God's grace and thanksgiving to God. He was generous. The couple, they distorted that and marred it. And the, listen, whatever it was, listen, God is not wrong when He judges. And He judged their actions wrong. Even incurring the death penalty for their actions. And the Spirit, it seems, would not allow this. Like there's something good going on in the church right now, and you guys are trying to mess it up. No. And what we're told by Peter is it's demonic activity. It's a beautiful thing. Why are you listening to the devil? There's a beautiful thing going on here. Don't lie about it. And you remember, we read that. Verse 3. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you've contrived this deed in your heart? You've not lied to man, but to God. Then he falls down and dies. They take him out. They bury him because he's dead. His wife, not knowing her husband was dead, she comes in and continues the lie. Peter, how is it that you've agreed together to lie to the Holy Spirit? And she dies. So listen, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. The problem here is not the sharing. The problem is they were evil. The sharing is encouraged by God, commended. And the bible says that fear increased in the church was it fear to keep continue sharing no that's not what the fear was the fear was lying to the holy spirit verse 11 great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things does god see does he care Yes. And even though they had their plan fixed, right? We'll tell them we sold it for 200 but really, we sold it for 500 Does God know? Does He care? He knows. He cares. Well, that brings us to today's text. Verse 12, we'll read through verse 32. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the synod of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked and guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside." Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted Him at His right hand as leader and Savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. And there's really not a good place to stop here, but that's, that'll be enough for today. <clears throat> Many signs and wonders... Being done among the people. If you remember in chapter 4, if you could look there at the end, they prayed around verse 30, a little bit before verse 30. They were praying for boldness. Right after Peter and John had been arrested and released, the church is praying for boldness and for God to help them. In verse 30, they pray, While you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through your name for your holy servant Jesus. They're praying this. And many signs and wonders continue to be done in accordance with their prayer. God's will was to answer their prayer. If we look at this, verse 13 is is sort of um, unclear to me. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. Is it that none of the non-believers dared join them? Or none of the people attempted to join the apostles? I think it's probably that's the second one. Because we're told in just a couple verses, multitudes of men and women are being added to the church. Verse 14, And more than ever, Believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of men and women. It seems that the Lord is using the testimony of the gospel and signs to convict and convince the people to come to Christ. Many people are having being recognized that God has saved them and brought into the church and added to the number. Many women, many men. Listen, he's doing that now. Do you know this? Every year, multitudes of men and women are added to the church of God. Do I hear an amen? Do I hear a hallelujah, praise Jehovah? He's saving the world. You don't see it all the time. He saved you, the chief of sinners, and me. This is one reason why the counterfeit Gospels often claim to have apostles as their leaders who can perform miraculous signs as proof that God is with them and blessing them. The problem is, is their doctrine disagrees with Jesus and their miracles are false. These are not false miracles. They would lay sick people out so that the apostles, just, just by getting close to the apostles, is enough to be healed. Don't even actually have to touch me. Even if your shadow just passes over me, that means I'm really close. The power, can you, can you perceive of such a thing? It's almost unbelievable. There's a, a, a circle of healing power walking, emanating from around the apostles as they walk among the sick and the oppressed. The demon-possessed. The, word, the, the power of God this is not a small dose of the power of God when Jesus said that, that his disciples would do even greater things we aren't told that Jesus shadow passed over people and healed them I'm not saying that the disciples are greater than Jesus I'm saying Jesus' words to them were true the Holy Spirit is going to be working powerfully through you, even more than what is happening right now. What's happening now for, when Christ said that was what was supposed to happen then. But that, the power was always meant to be increased. Jesus said, you have me with you and that's good, but listen, it'll be better when I'm gone. The Holy Spirit will be in all of you at the same time, even if I'm not exactly with you in that moment. It's it's better. It's a yes and. Yes, Lord, I want you and the Holy Spirit too. Yes, bring it on, please. I need it. And listen, the apostles took up the ministry of Jesus as it relates to caring for the sick and the needy and the oppressed. In Jesus' public ministry his public ministry we have many sermons and teachings but in in no small part of Jesus' ministry was caring for poor and oppressed and needy and sick people. Did he do that merely so that others would see that he had the power of God? I say no, not merely. He loved them. He pitied them. He cared for them. You know the child, how long has he been this way? And the parents are, you know, they say he, he often throws himself on the fire and tries to burn himself to death. We don't know what to do as our child. Jesus heals the child because he loves them. I, I pray again and I admonish you and encourage you. We need to help poor people. You'll be like Jesus. Don't, don't let your mind immediately go to a, a strung out drug addict on a corner. There's many, many people in the world that don't have food. And we can bless them. We have blessed them. And my my point in bringing it up again is, A, the text is talking about it, and B, strengthen the things that we've already done well. Listen, you can't make anyone believe the gospel, but you can fill their belly. You can give them some medicine for a toothache, These physical things, I don't think Jesus healed them merely so that everybody could see how powerful He was. He was easing suffering and commending the Gospel. Listen, when we've helped the Texas Baptist men, why did we do that? Because they're helping needy people. It's a Christian thing to do. We were needy, and God helped us. Verse 17. I've often heard people try to defend the actions of the Jews, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, and say, if they really didn't think Jesus was the Savior, they were right to oppose Him. They were just sincerely wrong. And I say, okay, if you want to spin it that way, but that's not the way the scriptures talk about it. They were jealous of him. They envied him. They knew he wasn't wrong. And we're given another example of that here, verse 17. The high priest rose up and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, remember they deny the resurrection. And filled with jealousy they arrested the apostles and put them in prison. Well think about the wickedness in the hearts of these men. They couldn't couldn't they be happy and thankful that God was being merciful to all these sick people through the apostles? His mercy is new. His mercy endures forever. We just read it. They're very familiar with what we read this morning. He brings deliverance. He saves us through the Red Sea. Okay, well, God's bringing deliverance to all these sick people. Give thanks. Be glad. God is showing his kindness. But instead, we are told they are jealous because God's using someone else and not them. We're losing our power and our influence. Verse 18, they are arrested not just Peter and John this time, the apostles, and put into public prison. And what's the crime? What, why are they arrested? I mean, if you put it in the terms of what Peter said before, he said, if we are arrested on the account of doing a good deed to a crippled man, let it be known that it's the power of Jesus that we healed him. Like, I think Peter was trying to appeal to their conscience and say, Why have you arrested us? Because we helped somebody? How wicked are you? And if you remember in that passage, Peter told them, Actually, very wicked. You conspired and killed Jesus. But God wouldn't let that stand. He raised Him from the dead. And we have the same message here. I told you before when we started this that there are themes that repeat and circle around all throughout Acts. As they encounter various people, their reactions, they preach the gospel, people are saved, and there's opposition. It's a theme that repeats many times in Acts. verse 19 during the night an angel of the lord opened the prison doors brought them out god continues to amaze with power i don't really understand this exactly he he delivered them right no doubt but How is it that they get out of there and end up in the temple, but the guards who were standing there didn't see them leave, and the doors were still locked when they checked? But we are told here, the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. Did they become invisible so that they could walk past the guards? Were the guards' eyes made dull that they just didn't see them? Did God freeze the guards temporarily while the apostles escaped I don't know were they like Jesus when he was able to enter a locked room by the way I don't think that has to mean that he walked through the wall could mean that maybe he can pick any lock he wants and come on in Could mean that though. But they're rescued by God and they're told, they are commanded. We're rescuing, I'm rescuing you. Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of, quote, this life. Now that's interesting. I'm not familiar with that phrase. Sometimes we hear Christianity called the way. But have you ever heard it called the life? It seems to be something interesting that I, I haven't noticed before. Speak to the people all the words of this capital L, life. I think it's, it's the gospel. It's the Christian way. Go there and continue preaching. And when they heard this, What did they do? They heard the commandment of God. What did they do? They obeyed it. They obeyed it. Verse 21, when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. They began to teach. They are told to preach words of eternal life. Faith comes by hearing, right? Hearing by the Word of God. Listen, we ought to pray. We ought to pray regularly for everyone in the church that hears, for everyone that listens online. We ought to pray for the people that we come in contact with. And as we talk, pray that God would open your mouth. Don't worry. Do you ever think that, well, I'm not sure what to say, I might say the wrong thing? Of course, you'll say the wrong thing because you're not God. But you can try. And guess what? God blesses when people obey Him. He does. And when people reason in their minds, I'm not very good at it, I'm just not going to obey God, that's a bad decision. He's not asking you if you're good at it. Testify. You know the truth. Testify. What happened? I mean, you can imagine a case where there are witnesses who could exonerate someone, and they refuse to testify. They saw what happened, and they know what happened is not what they're being charged with. But they refuse to testify. Wouldn't we say that those people are evil? Isn't it almost the same as bearing false witness? They have the truth that could set the prisoner free. But they refuse to testify. The apostles obeyed the will of the Lord. Even though recently being arrested and threatened... By the most powerful people in Israel among the Jews, stop teaching in this name. And they told him at that time, it's not going to happen. We're going to, we have no choice but to testify of what we have seen and heard. We saw him brutally crucified by you. And Later, He was alive and eating with us. This is important. He's alive. They have to testify. I pray, church, listen. I pray God will open our mouths to sing forth His praises. I pray that He'll open the eyes and the ears of our hearers. And listen, this is something that's It's worded this way in the scriptures on purpose. That God would grant them repentance. Even repentance is not freely up to you. Your will and your conscience and your hearts are so bound to sin. If God doesn't release you, you'll never repent. He has to grant you repentance. Release you from oppression. So they began to teach. So this is the second time they've been arrested. The second time they escape before they're questioned. The high priest came or halfway through 21 and those who were with him they called together the council all the senate of the people of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought it's like okay we're all here go get them and bring them in they go and they say they're not there excuse me well what happened You know, in one story, the guard is ready to kill himself because he knows that he's going to be held accountable that prisoners got away during his watch. Do you remember? They tell him, don't harm yourself. We're all still in here. Well, in this case, there's so many guards that were there and they say, we have no idea how they got out. The doors are still locked. The guards are still in place. It has to be by God's power. Verse 25 through 26. Someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. So not only are they not in prison, they are found doing the exact thing that they were threatened to not do A short time ago. Quote, they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. That was Acts four eighteen. So they've been re arrested and questioned again. Are you hard of hearing? Peter, John, the rest of you? Did we stutter when we said, no more teaching in this name? What is it that you didn't understand about the threatening? And even we are told, there's more than one threatening, right? Because we are told, and when they were further threatened, they released them. So they've been threatened. No doubt with physical harm. We told you to shut up about Jesus. And now we find you here doing the exact same thing. Everybody's talking about Jesus even more, and you're blaming us for his blood. In verse 29, Peter, we heard you. We remember your threatening. But we also heard the command of one who's higher up in rank than you. Right? This is what he said. Quote, We must obey God rather than men. One who has more power has given us a different commandment. And his commandment is to continue to teach and testify. Verse 30, the God of our fathers raised Jesus. The one you killed, God raised him. Verse 31, God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior. For what purpose? To give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Verse 32, We are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. Again, we are all witnesses. They are all witnesses of those things. They have no choice. You see the signs and the miracles that are done? Do you see how much blessing is going out? It's the Spirit showing you that Jesus is approved by God. Our message is true. Well, we'll pick up the story here next time. But pay attention, as I said, to the pattern and apply it now. Those who are saved, listen, keep on telling the old, old story. It's not new. Don't worry about what the results are going to be or whether you're good enough. Because listen, even if you were the worst ever, it will only increase God's glory. Right? If you're the worst witness in the history of witnesses and God saves somebody through you, he gets even more glory. This guy can hardly even speak. Yet, I worked through him. She can hardly open her mouth. She's so nervous and trembling. And yet, power went out. Use the pattern. Tell the old, old story of Jesus. Listen, tell it to yourself first. Embrace it. Cling to Jesus. But then tell it to others. Tell them, come and drink Come and drink from Jesus a well of water, right? Unto eternal life springing up. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Please help us. We thank you for the many ways that you've blessed us and the good lives that we have. Oh Lord, but our desire is to seek a higher kingdom our desire is to have a deeper understanding of the mission of the church. Help us, Lord, to be bold witnesses. Not arrogant witnesses, not harsh witnesses, but gentle and loving Please help us to believe it deeply and help us to not fear man, but to obey the commands of Scripture. And we pray You'd be with us today as we fellowship and eat and the rest of our time together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.